Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Roger, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all of our work at texasfootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTF. Uh, make sure and pick up our magazine and subscribe if you have not as yet, texasfootball.com slash subscribe. And for the first time this season, we have a Sunday show Ish, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm watching the whatever Fox NFL kickoff thing they have going on. I'm waiting for Terry Bradshaw to call Sam Ellinger overrated because he lost to a uh, Louisiana school. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, actually, he's not even on the TV right now. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's good to wake up after another week of great, great games. Yeah, I, I can't remember who, who I saw posted. Maybe it was Alex Kirshner over at SB Nation, but like, through two weeks of the year, I mean, this season might already be better than last season. I mean, there yeah. were not a whole lot of interesting games last season. And, uh, I mean, Tennessee's freaking 0-2. I mean, I was, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I was uh, out in Austin, of course, and uh, for Texas LSU. Mm-hmm. And we went to Kirby Lane Cafe afterwards because it was just, you know, 2.30 a.m. and we had to eat <laughs> something. Right. And uh, they had the Cal Washington game on, and what the hell? <laughs> what the hell happened there? <laughs> right, it, but it's it's been a great. I think, start I, think I woke this. up. I think I woke up to that game. I was like, wait, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, the Pac-12 might be in a might be in some real trouble. Although I will yeah. say, USC did look really good against Stanford. And, That's uh, true. I kind of expected them to have like a panic game where they just like right. to where that was like the the start of the sinking ship or something. But who knows? Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe that Graham Harrell guy can coach football. Who's to know? <laughs> Well, anyway, so the way this show is going to work format-wise is we're going to go run through the teams, and we're going to use the College Power Poll, and uh, we're going to go 12 to 1, uh, so we're going to start at the bottom, work our way up, recap the, the teams. This is a format that we are unabashedly stealing from our favorite podcast, Podcast Ain't Played Nobody, so yep. shout out to you, uh, Godfrey, if you're listening, but uh, we're going to go ahead and start at the bottom. <sighs> Number 12, the UTEP Miners. Um <sighs> Obviously, they played Texas Tech. I mean, there was only so much that we expected, but sure. it, it's a—I mean, it's a two-week evaluation. Obviously, you know, struggling mm-hmm. against Houston Baptist and then uh, losing thirty-eight-three to Texas Tech, averaging only two point three yards per play. Right. I mean, they—they they looked like the worst team in the state again. They could—they just could not move the football. Which, like, after the end of the first quarter, it looked optimistic, right? You're like, man, that's interesting. It's seven nothing Tech. That's it. Like. You really had, and even at halftime, like what was it, twenty-one nothing? Like it yeah. wasn't like I, I, I don't know. I was, I was expecting the worst. Like I was expecting to look up and it'd be thirty-eight nothing at halftime or something like that. And the defense was playing pretty solid. And I know you were higher on the defense heading into this year, um, and your your biggest concern was how they would move the move the ball. And I, th- I think it kind of mani- this that, this game kind of manifested all the issues uh, that you had with UTEP kind of heading into the year. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's definitely true, and I just I do think that I mean holding Tech to thirty eight points for UTEP, you should feel pretty good about that. But right. I mean, if if you're gonna have fifty four total passing yards and seventy seven total rushing yards, I mean, what what do you do? I mean, right. how do you how do you win football games if you're gonna play like that? And yeah. you know, and I do think that obviously, you know, you go into conference USA play, it's not gonna be this hard necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I mean. 
where's the bad team on your schedule too is the issue, you know, because um, I mean, we'll get to the the next two teams in just a second, but I mean, all of a sudden the bottom of the state is starting to look pretty good. And, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, Charlotte looked pretty good the other day, New Mexico state, maybe not the worst. It's just, where does the wind come? You know, where do the winds come after this? And uh, so anyway, not to talk too much about Utah, let's move on to number 11 uh, UTSA. Uh, I mean, Look, UTSA went up against Baylor. It wasn't going to go well, but right. 63-14 is a little worse than I expected. That was not – when I, I I came into this game a little late, and I, that was not the score I was expecting. I was – I knew Baylor would win. I knew Baylor would probably win by probably more than 20, but 63-14 to 14 was something I didn't expect. Um, credit – all the credit in the world to Baylor for just absolutely blowing the doors off a, a hot UTSA team. Um, Denzel Mims had a big game. Uh, I will say for UTSA, Sincere McCormick still played really well. Um, 70.3 yards of carry. I know that's a really boosted by that 54-yard uh, touch, uh, run that he had. But Frank Harris looked a little shaky. Um, again, this this we could be looking back at this and saying, man – that Baylor team really was screaming in our face that they were a Big 12 contender. We really were only kind of half paying attention. Um, yeah, yeah. And no I, I think I think this game you can take more. If I'm a UTSA fan, I just say, man, we just played a really good Baylor team, and not necessarily that last year was or last week was a was a fluke. Yeah, and and I mean it was pretty clear just watching this game that that Baylor was just trying to take Frank Harris away, and sure. they were daring literally anyone else to beat them. And the one thing that you say about Frank Harris is that you know I, I know that. You don't necessarily feel great about four yards in attempt, but yeah. like he's still completing his passes. He's still, you know, finding those checkdowns. He's still mm-hmm. making good decisions. Uh, I mean, Baylor's just really good, and yeah. you know, I think that they played better on defense than we all expected. And uh, and obviously on offense, I mean, they just they came out angry. I mean, they remembered, right. I guess, that loss from two years ago, and yeah. you know, that wasn't going to happen again. So. Uh, yeah, that, that game was a lot more about Baylor than I think UTSA, but, you know, I mean, it's only week two, so sorry, UTSA, you're at number 11. Uh, <laughs> moving to number 10, uh, an 0-2 team, but, oh, man, how did Texas State lose this game, man? They outplayed <sighs> them all day long. God, it was, this was, this is the most frustrating Texas State game I think I've seen in a long time. Um, Gresh Hansen got the start, and I think despite the stalling of the offense kind of in the late second quarter, entire second half. Um, I think he has to be the starter for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. Easily. There was – yeah, like I noticed that Wyoming kind of figured out that he has a he has trouble looking off his first read. Sure. And there was – both of his picks, I believe, especially the second one, the pick six, um, it was a case of him just staring down the receiver – and he really has an issue of looking off his targets and going away from that first initial read. And Wyoming really zoned in on that. But, God, this game really did a disservice to the Texas State defense, which absolutely shut down Wyoming for basically the entire game until they got tired in the second half. Yeah, you know what? Let, let me just I, – I just have to read the drive chart. I mean, that's honestly, like, the only <laughs> way uh, – Just this is just for Wyoming. Missed field goal, punt, punt, field goal, punt – Touchdown, which is off of an interception, yep. uh, and then punt, interception, field goal, uh, then field goal, punt, punt, and oh, Texas State lost the football game. Yeah, I mean, that... it, 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 and and granted, I mean, I still think that 
there's a reality that Wyoming's a, a good football team. They beat Missouri last week. You know, this sure. is, it's not like you're it's not like you're losing to an FCS team by any means, but mm-hmm. just when you have that many opportunities there, when when Jensen throws for nearly 400 yards, and and again, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, he struggled a little bit down the stretch. Uh, you know, he has to do something about uh, not looking through his first target over and over again when he's right. uh, when he's looking downfield. But I mean. This dude can throw, man, and yeah. and he clearly understands what Bob Stitt and Jake Spavitt want him to do. I, I don't know if I actually mentioned the score. It's 23-14 against Wyoming, mm-hmm. um, and, I mean, Texas State was the better football team, and I think that everybody who watched that game will tell you that. I, and I think uh, one more thing. I think that I don't want to put it on Stitt, but I will say I think they got away from running the ball. Because yeah. um, Twy- Caleb Twyford played really well. He averaged six yards a carry, six, uh, 60 yards on 10 carries. Um, Anthony Detail was fine. He wasn't great, but he was okay. And if you take away uh, Jensen Sachs, you know, negative, that kind of sways the rushing yards with his negative 34. I think they rushed, they ran the ball really well, but they only had 16 attempts with those two running backs. I think you gotta probably, especially when. and like you know setting up third longs and things like that but i think i would like to see this team yeah yeah no doubt uh but but overall i think you feel good about where tech state is right now sure. uh mo- moving on to rice uh they lose 41 21 to wake forest i was at this game on friday and mm-hmm. i'll tell you what man this team is is this seems different i mean last year <laughs> at times i mean you just watch them play and you're just like Oh my God! You know this looks like an FCS team. This looks like right. a, a glorified high school team. Just, just because they were so young and so mm-hmm. learning, and their players. The other thing about them too last year is that they just looked so small, just sure, versus sure. Uh, versus other opponents. And some of it is their strength and conditioning. Some of it is transfer. Some of it is just getting older. But I mean, they looked very impressive against Wake Forest. Uh, you know, you know. at the end of the day, it's like Wake Forest scored one breakaway touchdown uh, from the four-yard line where, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it's just a thing that happened, right? You know, they have good players. And right. then they had another touchdown where one of their receivers, who's 6'5", basically just sunned a Rice defensive back and <laughs> went for a touchdown. And yeah. what do you do? You know, you just got out-athleted. That's just a thing that happens uh, against Power 5 opponents. But, I mean, if you, if you, not that you take away those touchdowns by any means, but if you kind of take that context, it's a it's a 27-21 ball game. I mean, they mm-hmm. played them straight up for most of the night, and uh, I, I was very impressed. And, you know, so so Wiley Green, uh, Rice's starting quarterback, did go out, and I really liked what I saw from Tom Stewart. He just looked mm-hmm. a lot more confident throwing the ball. Um, you know, you understand that this is a tough offense, and Wiley Green has been in it, and that's probably the biggest reason that he was the starting quarterback, but... Uh, Stewart looked really good, and I mean, thankfully, you know, it was a scary head injury for Wiley Green. It sounds like things are going to be all right, but That's good. Uh, but I mean, Stewart showed a lot. Uh, you know, he transferred from Harvard. He's a grad transfer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was successful at that level. Um, and, but again, Rice just across the board, they they just have something different this year, and uh, I'm glad that at this point, the other teams in the state are kind of struggling a little bit, so we can move them up to number nine. Yeah, and I know. Um... In Wake Forest, like you know, I think SP Plus has them. SMP Plus has them at uh, fifty-eight. So I mean, around a top fifty team. And you look when you look at the prog- the teams around that area. You know, you're looking at Tech. You're looking at Arizona State. You're looking at uh, Duke and Pitt. Like those are schools that okay. Like that's the fact that they were really, really in that game for a good, good while. 
under a second year, the second year under Mike Bloomgren, like that should spell something positive for Rice in the direction it's going. Well, and I think that at this point, we obviously need to start making our playoff case because I'll tell you what, uh, Rice gave Army a better game on the road <laughs> than uh, than Michigan was able to that at home. Ver- that is very true. I did not know what to take from that game other than <laughs> I think Michigan might be overrated. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously with Army, sometimes just things happen, and, and I sure. mean that both in terms of Rice playing well and Michigan playing poorly. But, uh, I mean, if nothing else, Rice – looked very disciplined against Army, and Michigan did not. (laughs) We'll move on to number eight. Uh, This is the first time, I think, since I've been doing the college power poll that this team has been anywhere near this low, but sorry, North Texas. uh, You got to fall down uh, after that performance last night. Uh, The final was 49-27 against SMU, and the game was not that close. Yeah, like another game I tuned into late because I was watching some of the other games – around the time and like I think I looked up and it was already 21 nothing <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> it was, it was like, 21 nothing like like 11 minutes into the game oh my god like okay so I missed the start of this what what happened what because uh, everything was there for North Texas to for North Texas to be the one that came out right? right SMU started slow last week North Texas looked like it was humming if anything they started they slowed down late against Abilene Christian um, oh yeah what what happened? And SMU is not exactly known for having a fiery home crowd, so it's not like they probably came out to <laughs> you know the rowdy rowdy uh, mo- you know this this incredible environment. You know, it's not Inter Sandman and Blacksburg or anything. Like what <laughs> what happened to where SMU just absolutely blew the doors off them from the from the jump? Um, I mean, just in a lot of ways. I mean, it's Shane Bichelle happened and Xavier Jones happened. I mean, they put together just some consistent drives. It wasn't like uh, guys were breaking away or anything. I mean, their their first three drives all go for touchdowns. The first one is nine plays, 75 yards. The second drive is nine plays, 83 yards. The next one is four plays, 45 yards, because UNT goes turnover on downs. So okay. so th- this is like sustained offense. And, yeah. you know, and we'll talk about SMU definitely a little bit later, but, I mean, they were just able to impose their will in a way that they weren't last year on both sides of the ball. Right. And I mean, we knew that uh, that Bouchelle had a chance to be really good here, and and he was. And mm-hmm. the the big surprising thing to me, I mean, I, just in all reality, the thing that's very disappointing to me, because I mean, I, I don't think that it's a secret to anybody that we're big fans of Mason Fine on this program. Sure. Uh, he did not look good at all. Um, he mm-hmm. finished seventeen for thirty-two for one hundred fifty-two yards. Like, that's yeah. as bad a game as I've ever seen him play. Yeah, and I think, like, I know heading into the year, we everybody wanted to talk about the offense. Oh, man, North Texas' offense and, you yeah. know, all the seniors yeah. and all that. But there were real question marks about this defense sure. and about the secondary. And, yeah. again, SMU is probably going to be one of the better offenses they play this year. But Easy. they're not playing a bunch of slouches, you know, well, the rest of the Houston year. they play Houston in a few weeks, too. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, that Houston game really becomes interesting because I was you – could, you could have talked to me. I don't know if Vegas would have saw it that way, but you could have talked to me to North Texas being a favorite in that game. Sure. Now I don't think they can be with how this how this team played this week. Um, and I mean, I, I know Cal didn't have a great offense uh, anymore. At least they're more of a defensive team under under Wilcox. But I don't know. Like, it, would it shock you if Frank Harris goes off or something in two right. weeks? Or you know, like right. now you start looking like, okay, what? Is this defense something to be worried about? Because we saw it last week against ACU. Was it was it them taking their foot off the gas against ACU, or was it ACU finding 
some cracks in the defense, you know, um, I don't know. That's going to be, this is going to be something to watch because it was the defense and how much they lost in terms of big time production was a, was a big, big storyline heading into the season. The one thing that I'll say, uh, UNT, I think in some ways found their running back yesterday, Trey yeah. Siggers, the mm-hmm. Dunkinville product, 18 carries, 164 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, He's a thick dude, you know what I mean? He's only 5'8", but he definitely kind of held up better against that SMU pressure. Uh, You know, John J. Torrey, just kind of a small guy. Lauren Mm -hmm. Easley still kind of easing his way back. But, I mean, Siggers, he was the real deal yesterday. So, you know, if nothing else, you feel like you kind of found a star there. Uh, Moving on again to to that team that we just mentioned, Houston. Uh, Mm -hmm. Houston beats Prairie View A&M 37-17. I mean, I don't know. Not much you can take. I mean, like we mentioned uh, in the week, I think Prairie View is 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 one of the better SWAC schools, so it's not like you're playing Pine Bluff, you know, and blowing the doors off Pine Bluff. Um, Their offense is very capable. I don't – I didn't catch this game, and I don't know if Jalen Morton was knocked out of the game or what because their starting quarterback, he only went three for 11. So I'm I'm wondering if it was just them kind of saving his body or I don't know exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't see exactly either. The one thing that's a little concerning to me from Houston is I really hoped that we'd get sort of the not the finished product, but we'd see a little bit more of what Houston's supposed to be offensively. Right. And we just really didn't. I mean, they ran the ball pretty well, which they should be able to do against, you know, a, a SWAC school, but Derek King 15 for 26, 139 yards. I mean, that's not great and right. uh you know six carries for minus one yards you know so it's not like he had an 18 yard carry but I don't know I just I know that Dana Holgerson's a good coach I know that mm-hmm. he can coach offense and he's gonna put his guys in good situations but I don't know man it after after somebody said last week is Derkin getting Khalil tainted I'm, I'm a little scared <laughs> you know? right yeah like, exactly just, like it's just wondering if Again, you know Dana knows quarterbacks, and you know uh, De'Aaron King is a good quarterback. You just don't know if they're the perfect mix for each other, what each other wants to do, or to maximize each other's strengths. Right, and I mean, again, like, it's just fit sometimes. I mean, just sometimes you get the the right guy in there, sometimes you get the wrong guy in there, and and obviously a a Dana Holgerson hire was so much more about the next five years than this Mm -hmm. year, but it does does just kind of suck that... You know, they, they just don't seem to know exactly how to use De'Aaron King. Um, you know, because Perry View's offense is very good and 17 points is no big mm-hmm. deal. And, and I mean, they actually defended the run pretty well and kind of kept Dewanya Tucker in check. But, you know, 37 points, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more from them. But, yeah. uh, but, but again, you still don't read too much into this game because they're obviously saving most of their interesting offensive stuff for later. Right. So. Uh, moving on, uh, TCU had a bye this week, that, but you know didn't look great against Pine Bluff last week. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so they still kind of stay near the bottom of the Power Five tier. Um, Texas Tech, uh, we mentioned, beat UTEP thirty-eight to three. You know, I mean, defensively, I think that you, they did what they were supposed to do, and sure. offensively, I think they were fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. I I think that I would have liked to see a little more, but not a lot more. I mean, there's not, again, not a whole lot more that I think they should have done per se. Right. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, they took a little while to get going, um, but once they did, they were fine. Uh, Alan Bowman, 30 of 45, 260, three touchdowns, one pick. Um, I mean, again, I, I just wanted to, based off last week's, you know, awesome debut for this offense and for Matt Wells, I just kind of wanted to see that train keep going. 
And yeah. next week, I mean, Arizona's not the most amazing team, but next week we should be able to see, okay, let's see if this, you know, against a Power 5 team, sure. against a team more on their level, um, let's see if they can really keep this going. And, I, I mean, I'm, I'm confident that they'll start 3-0 and heading into Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, I mean, I think that regardless, I mean, Tech fans should still feel pretty good about where they are right now. Oh, yeah. um, I don't really want to talk about Texas A&M that much. I mean, what happened happened. I, yeah. I'm, was it? I don't know. Like, it, it was it me or was like, did we just see a different Kellen Mond? Yeah. Even even from last year, like he yeah. was the reason they wa- they were in that game last year, right? Um, right. and some of the throws he was making last week, I thought he turned a corner. Sure. I thought he really turned a corner to be like, okay, are we looking at? I don't want to. I don't want to say, like, oh, we're looking at a Heisman contender, but, like, are we looking at a guy who's throwing himself into the top 10 to 15 quarterbacks in the country discussion based off right. some of the incredible throws he made last week? And this week, he was missing screens. He was yeah. missing flats, five-yard outs. Like, it was – I don't know if it was just the environment or what, or last week he was just happy. He just happened to make these dime throws. But, man, Kellen Mond did not look good at all. He looked really, really bad. Yeah, yeah, no, and and that's the thing is like, A and M is not good enough at anything else offensively for Kellen Mond to struggle. I right. mean, they they didn't run the ball very well at all against nope. Texas State, and they, I mean, obviously you're playing against the defending national champs and one of the best defenses in the country, but you know, 27 carries for 57 yards—that's not yeah. really going to do it, and. Yep. Um, you know, and Mon's numbers look okay because he kind of had some late drives, but right. it, it he just wasn't impressive. And mm. you know, I mean, look, he's allowed to not be impressive against Clemson. I mean, that's sure. that's a, as tough an environment as you're going to play in. Um, the one thing that I was really interested about with this game is that A and M, and this this isn't an A and M thing. This is a Clemson thing. You know, mm. looking at them as a national title contender, A and M sold out to stop the run. And they did yeah. it pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, Travis Etienne, 16 carries for 53 yards. He's a career, like, 8.1 yards per carry guy. So yeah. that's, they, they, that's... Were, they, they saw last week, and they were like, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the one to beat us. Right. And yeah. I don't know how good Trevor Lawrence looks trying to do that. I mean... He was, he was okay. He was better than last year because Kelly Bryant kind of had to bail him out yeah. last year. Oh, for sure. Um, but... Yeah, he he definitely. I mean, granted, he won the he he was a big part of their offense, and he when Travis Etienne was taken out of the game, you know, he was fine at getting the job done. But it wasn't. I don't know. He wasn't. It didn't look like a world beater exactly. No, I mean, again, I I think that I talked about it on last week's pod, but just for me, it's like, man, he was awesome in the title game, but we don't have to write this whole story about him right now. You know, let's right. just wait for him to to start for a whole season, and, and Clemson's going to be fine, and they've got. God, their receivers are insane. I mean, just absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. And like, like having those receivers is so unfair. When also Travis Etienne might be the best player in the country, you know. Right. <laughs> like, and and then I haven't even talked about their defense. But uh, the final was twenty four to ten. But A and M scored kind of a <laughs> truly garbage touchdown with six seconds left to make it look closer than it was. But mm-hmm. uh, the one thing that you say about A and M though, uh, they were the first team in the last 12 games against Clemson to lose by less than 20 points. So kudos to them. Yep. Moving on. Number three, the SMU Mustangs. Like we mentioned, beat UNT 49-27. to I talked talked coming into the year. 
I felt like SMU was ready to take a step. They brought yep. in all of these transfers. Uh, they bring in Shane Bouchelle, who I thought could really solidify their, their quarterback position. The best thing that I saw from SMU, though, was that, uh, was that their running back, Xavier Jones, he mm-hmm. looks healthy. Yep. He looks real, real healthy. He was able to run all over that UNT defense. And, and again, we'll see whether or not the UNT defense is particularly good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the thing is, too, is like, SMU struggled to get going against Arkansas State. They got off to a little bit of a slow start, but since they figured it out, they've been ridiculous. I mean, yeah. absolutely ridiculous. And yeah. and, totally. and 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 Bichelle, you know, 292 yards, three touchdowns. Xavier Jones, 127 yards, three touchdowns on 16 carries. James Prochet, seven catches for 115 yards, a touchdown. Reggie Roberson, 94 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, yeah. it, UNT's a good team. I mean, they, they right. have a lot... <laughs> To, to improve on 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 uh, defense, mm-hmm. but I mean th- they're still a good football team, and they're one that should be a favorite for a conference championship in their league. And yeah. I mean through through two games, I think you have to look at SMU as being a potential division title contender. I well, mean like not not only that, like I'm looking at I'm looking at their schedule. Yeah, and they got Texas State next week. That's yeah. a win. I'm sorry, I, I, that's a, that's, a, that's a win. <laughs> Both of us are uh, hopefully planning on being there too. So right, exactly. Fun. Then they have at TCU. That's a toss up <laughs> right now. That'll be like, fun. That is going to be a lot of fun. I think TCU. I, I might will have be to favored. go to that one. <laughs> yeah, TCU is going to be favored because it's at TCU. But yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. They got at South Florida. Yep, that should be a win. Yep, they have Tulsa at home, uh-huh. Temple at home. They go at Houston October 24th. At Memphis, those are those are two big ones. But yeah. then after that, you got East Carolina at Navy, Tulane. Yeah. Where are outside of that Houston Memphis stretch? Where are those guaranteed losses? Yeah, like yeah. I, don't, I don't want to say guaranteed losses, but like where are those losses where you're like, man, I don't know. Like I, I think th- that we're looking look at, at the, a team that like yeah. a, a ten win team, like potentially. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that at Memphis is the one where you feel like they are probably going to lose that game. Right, and then. And, and at TCU, I obviously too. I mean, TCU's a very good right, team. Right, right. Yeah, and, I don't, don't want to. Yeah, yeah. If the, if if they happen to pull a fast one on that TCU defense, like sure. that's 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 kind of what I'm projecting. Sure, sure, sure. But I mean, every other game on that schedule is very winnable. And um, you know, at Houston, I mean, they proved last year when they were a much worse team that they could that they could beat Houston, and when Houston yep. looked a lot better. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I. I kind of I felt something coming into the year. I just felt like they had something there, and uh, it's only two games. I mean, mm-hmm. and there's a reality. They played a Sun Belt school and they played a Conference USA school, and you sure. know they're, we're not going to learn a whole lot from them playing a Sun Belt school next week either. Right. But uh, but I mean, I will say if they light up Texas State's defense, yeah, like that, that, if Shane Bichelle, yeah, Shane Bichelle puts up these numbers against that defense, that's gonna I'm gonna be just as impressed. Yes. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, th- that'll be a good test for them. And then they play, again, TCU on the road the next week. And yep. if they can put up points against them, even if they lose, even if, mm-hmm. they, can put up, uh, if they can put up 25 points, you know, 28 points uh, against TCU's defense, even in a loss, I think that you feel like you're in great shape. But yep. uh, a lot to be excited about. I'm still, still at this moment trying to convince my sister, who's an SMU student, to finally go to a game. But, uh, <laughs> man, I, and I told her, I told her... This, like the Our team favorite, is good. yeah, the team is good. It's like, fun. It's a I, fun I, team to watch. Well, and and what people forget last year is that SMU was two games away 
from going to the AAC title game last right. year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and they lost a really close game against Memphis, a, a really good Memphis team, and mm-hmm. then they just kind of crapped the bed against Tulsa. You know, they should have been in a bowl game last year. And uh, and I don't even think that people around us necessarily realize how close this team is. But, yeah. but I mean, just having a quarterback like Shane Bouchelle, I mean, what an upgrade. <laughs> I mean, I, right. I don't want I, – I hate to, you know – rag on you know a kid who's the all-time leading passer in the history of this place but right oh my god going from ben hicks to shane buchel is just an it's, astonishing difference. it's unfair and i believe they like they didn't they were able to protect him too unt didn't get pressure and that just lets yeah. like there's a reason why he was one of the hyped uh prospects coming out of high school and that after his freshman year he was like some talked to him as a dark horse heisman if he continued on that trajectory like he, right. If he's given time to see the field in this specific offense, like yeah. he's going to put up monster numbers every single week. Right. So SMU fans, get excited. Uh, there's a lot of season ahead of you. Uh, moving on to number two, uh, number two, the Baylor Bears. They yep. beat UTSA in a way that I think that I didn't even necessarily expect. I mean, last week on the on the pick show... I thought that it would be within that 26-point spread, and obviously uh, they covered a 49-point spread. <laughs> and, and really, I mean, it, it could have been. I mean, it could have been 70-0. I mean, they sure. when they pulled their starters, it was like 49-7, to 7, I think. I mean, it was mm-hmm. – and, and Charlie Brewer actually went out at the half because they said that he was having a burning sensation in his feet, apparently. Um, but Interesting. Yeah, I, Are you I sure think it wasn't that, from that like tar field they were playing on. I, I think I think that it was, and and so I mean that's why I mean I, I don't think they were concerned. I think he came out for media and all that stuff, and yeah. and actually that that's sort of something to talk about across sport. I mean, it was hot yesterday, wasn't it? Like, like didn't somebody report like one sixty five at one point on the field? Yeah, yeah, that's like, insane. It's just I don't. I mean, okay, I so I remember um, my first media event, uh, I went out to go see North Texas. This was right when I first started the job last year. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was wearing, you know, some nicer shoes, and the, the media event was on the field. And uh, it's just, like, in Apogee's, you know, a, a state-of-the-art stadium, they've, they're supposed to have some, like, ventilation and cooling to cool down the field. But you step mm-hmm. on that field, and it burns up through your feet. You know, it's just... It's these turf fields. I mean, obviously they're the way of the future and they're easier to maintain and all that. But my God, they get hot. Like, I don't know how people don't physically burn themselves more often on these fields. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw, when I saw the numbers that were coming off being reported on field temperature, I'm like, how, how do these guys play? Like landing on that, like obviously your feet just resting on that for, for three hours or however long you're there. Like, that's it's un, that could that has to be unbearable. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's honestly just unfair. But obviously, I mean, at at the end of the day, like football is a game of some garbage that we would never want to deal with. That that they deal oh, with sure. every single day. Sure, sure. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing that I take away from this game uh, too is that Denzel Mims looks legit. I mean, he mm, looks yes. he looks like the the Denzel Mims that we expect him to be last season mm-hmm. um you know so I, I was very impressed with him I mean not that I expected anything less but yeah. but I think that you know Mims seven catches 101 yards three touchdowns and that all basically came in the first half I mean he could have mm-hmm. kept going yeah and how about Gary Bahannon too giving this offense kind of another dimension 
Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, seven I mean, carries, he, 93 yards. Right, yeah. Like, that's that's something that, you know, the fact that when, when Charlie Brewer comes out, you know, you have confidence that, okay, they can do something different with this guy. You know, throw different looks at defenses, uh, kind of keep them off their toes. Because the fact that they have this performance with Charlie Brewer, you know, coming out of the game and not really lighting up the score sheet in terms of just big numbers, like... I mean, that shows some, they have weapons now, and Baylor's not, they're not entirely reliant on him to make those plays now. Yeah, no doubt. And and I think that, you know, Tristan Ebner and John Lovett's, uh, you know, 79 and 69 yards, uh, or 76 and 69 yards on, on a combined 13 carries. I mean, mm-hmm. there's something there. And Quaylen Jones, his first action uh, breaks away for a 61 yard touchdown. And, and like you mentioned, I mean, you can run. I mean, obviously, the obvious comparison is going to be like, you know, the Saints, you know, they, they right. run out Taysom Hill and and just have a different look. And and Bohannon showed that he can complete some passes, too, obviously. But yep. uh, but just being able to to have a change of pace. And, and that's something that you should be able to build in later in conference play, uh, because, you know, Bohannon's getting some quality reps. So you should be able to trust him to kind of, uh, you know, play in bigger games and, and show something. So right. for this week, and, and we won't learn a ton about Baylor until until they play Iowa State uh, mm-hmm. in their fourth game because they go on the road against Rice in two weeks. Uh, so, you know, we won't necessarily learn a ton from that. But but uh, September 28th, they play against Iowa State, uh, which, by the way, Iowa State <sighs> is hosting college game day yeah man that's <laughs> i had to, i had to pray when that first was tweeted i had to pray that it wasn't a joke i was like please 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 be real please um but yeah oh man that's i cannot wait yeah yeah that's gonna be a lot of fun um prayers for every place that sells beer within 500 miles of the state of iowa uh it's i mean god it's honestly like can ESPN be prosecuted for what's going to happen to these people when they start drinking at 5 a.m.? Like, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. Ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be so great. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, okay, finishing out, they lost. We understand that. Um, I think Texas still showed enough that they mm-hmm. deserve to be number one in the power poll. Um, 45-38 is the final against number six LSU. The, the game wasn't necessarily as close as 45-38. Right. Um, you know, they scored a late touchdown, and they did have a chance to uh, to get an onside kick, and Colin Johnson just can't hold on to the ball. Um, <laughs> but, Shahan, this, why is Texas overrated? <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's the reality, right? I, I think that heading into this game, I figured that the team that passed the ball better would win. I didn't sure. necessarily think I'd be this right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like the DBU discussion completely went out the window. Yeah, that was, whew. And I, I mean, I, I asked Brandon Jones about that after the game. I'm like, I mean, is it a little embarrassing to, like, put out all these shirts and make a big thing and and be like we're dbu and he was like i mean a li- yeah it, it kind of is honestly neither, yeah like neither team played up to that label <laughs> yeah well and then i mean he kind of deflected was like actually this is just us trying to you know respect our the tradition it's not taking shots at anybody else i'm like yeah that's dude funny. that's yeah sure <laughs> sure that's why sure, you man. brought him out uh lsu week obviously that's why you didn't right. bring it out against louisiana tech or you right. know against you know kansas state which <laughs> i mean an aside kansas state looks amazing and i'm kind of i don't know what to think right now they they won <laughs> yesterday 45-0 against bowling green and that yep. is whew, for kansas but, state that's wild but that's uh wild, one thing i wanted to hint on was yeah uh 
man, I knew similar to UNT, right? Where we said, we looked at the Texas roster. We looked what they were bringing back. I was like, Ugh, I don't know. This defense is going to be young in a lot of spots. And boy, that's secondary. Yeah. Uh, specifically where we kind of suspected at corner. Um, yeah. Joe Burrow looked at, uh, looked at, uh, uh Jalen Green and he was like, you're the mark. Right. You're, you are the guy I'm going to pick on. I'm going to hit Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase every single time I can. I am, they are going to catch the ball. <laughs> they are going to make you look like, look like a freshman and look like yeah. a guy who did not play a ton of football last year. And man, this, that, and credit to Todd Orlando. He's going to sure. leave him on an Island. That's his defense. And you were yeah. going to, you were going to learn, you were going to get mossed. You were going to, you know, learn trial by fire, but yeah. Yeah. Golly LSU and LSU might be a really, a really, 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 really good offense this year. But the fact that LSU is probably, in terms of offenses, Texas is going to see this season. Like they're probably in par. They're not, you know, they're, they're, this year they might be one of the better ones. But I mean, you still got obviously Oklahoma. You still got Tech. You still got Baylor. Like you're going to play teams that can move the ball if well as well, if not better than this team. And they're going to be watching this team. Is like, all right, Jalen Green, you're the dude. You're going to be yeah. the guy that we're going to match up. You know, Oklahoma State. We're going to match up Tylen Wallace against you. We're going to see yeah. if you're ready to go. And, uh, yeah, like I, we, again, we knew that the secondary was going to be an issue specifically on the outsides without a Chris Boyd, but man, I didn't, I didn't expect that exactly. I didn't expect what I saw exactly last night. Yeah. And and, I mean, honestly, you just look across basically an entire football field and maybe other than quarterback, I don't know whether there's a position that relies as much on experience as cornerback. Sure. And, and when you have two new guys and on top of that obviously you're rotating in a nickel too because you lose pj lock i mean it it's different i mean it's just a different ball game and you know there, there's a reality that i think uh you know i i think that also to a certain extent uh texas wasn't super prepared for what they were gonna see i i sure. don't think that they necessarily thought that they would be you know taking the middle of the field as much as they did i mean they left the middle of the field pretty dang open mm-hmm. um and also, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like their receivers just played really well, too. They're really you know? good. Like, that's what I really got from this game was, like, obviously Joe Burrows, I mean, is, might be LSU's best quarterback in, like, a generation. But, <laughs> right. like, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, like, even, you know, Terrence Marshall, J- Terrence Marshall Jr., like, they're really, really good. They're really athletic. They have great hands. They're able to exploit mismatches in the secondary, find space, like, all those guys are really good. Justin Jefferson is a monster. And I did not really, I guess I just didn't kind of throw him in with, you know, the top playmakers in the country just because he's LSU. And it's like, okay, sure. How much do we really know about receivers at LSU? But like in this offense, man, he he was so good. He was so good. <laughs> well, and I, I'm pretty sure I said before the game, uh, because last week, I mean, LSU didn't run the ball very well against Georgia Southern. And I yeah. was like, I mean, I think that basically all you're relying on is that Joe Burrow is not going to go out there and throw five touchdowns again, and he threw four. So, I mean, <laughs> look, I, I I know that Tech's going to grow. Um, and, and, I mean, a lot of this game was just about LSU being good. 
mm-hmm. mean, that's just that's the other thing too is that. I know there's going to be a lot of people talking and overreaction, and and I mean the most fun thing about this is obviously going to be A uh, and M fans being like, well, we beat this team, you know, right? Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, and and our loss to Clemson, you know, well technically we covered, but you know, which is which play the damn game. I mean, I'm I'm t- I'm sick of this, but yeah. uh, but you know, I mean, LSU, they look like they've taken that step and they look like they're finally taking advantage of their playmakers. And the one thing that I will say is that, you know, when you play against Alabama and Clemson and, and whoever else, they're going Mm -hmm. to be able to take away the run with their, with their front four. And they're not going to necessarily need to, you know, they're not going to need to to kind of uh, send anybody else for help. And they're going to be able to drop seven, eight, and that's going to make things a little bit more interesting. And I think that, you know, I think we're going to learn a lot about uh, about LSU's coaching staff and about their new passing game coordinator, Joe Brady, when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, early returns are, again, a very good secondary. I mean, Texas is still, you know, defensively one of the better defenses that LSU's going to face, and they made them look like they were nothing. Oh, for sure. And, like, you know, Jalen Green's going to get a lot of stick for this game, right? He's still a so- uh, sophomore. I thought I said yeah. freshman earlier. He's still a sophomore. He's still... You know, he's he's having to fill in, like you mentioned, one of the most experienced positions on the field, specifically in this defense, right? The reason Absolutely. why Todd Orlando is so, such a good coordinator is because he's able to do so much with the front seven to confuse people, to drop them into coverage when he needs to. But the fact that he he's a coordinator who relies on his secondary being able to match up and he's going to be left on an island. He's going to get beat, right? He's probably going to get beat against Oklahoma State, against Oklahoma, against teams that have weapons on the outside. But that's not going to change. Like, Todd Orlando is going to stick with him because he feels like he can do it. Well, and you you saw, I mean, it it obviously didn't pay off last season against Oklahoma State when Chris Boyd was getting beat. But, you know, it's kind of a running joke in the conference that Chris Boyd gets beat, but that's just kind of part of playing corner in this defense. (laughs) And yeah. And the the reality is, if you can step up, if you can take those lumps, and if you can keep fighting, I mean, look, you're going to get beat a couple of times just because you're going to be put in a lot of tough situations, but it just, look how much it frees up the safeties when they can mm-hmm. play that way. You know, look how much it frees up Caden Stearns, look how much it frees up Brandon Jones, and right. and both of them had really good games. And so, you know, and then I think a part of this too is like, I still think that they're growing as a pass rush, too. And mm-hmm. I think that's taking some time, too. And, and when they have a more experienced pass rush, because they're really young on that front, it's going to help, too. So, yeah. um, I mean, there's nothing from this game that I feel like should truly disappoint Texas fans. I mean, obviously, you want to win the football game. Obviously, sure. you want to you know show out for that crowd that's at DKR. But uh, Texas, to me, still the number one team in the state. Oh, for sure. And we kind of went this whole time without talking about the offense, really. But, like, you know, I don't know what else you can say. Like, they looked really good. Like, at yeah. when the fact that LSU, you're not going to run the ball in LSU, right? Especially with as much as Rashawn Johnson looked really good in some spurts. Like, it's still against one of the best front sevens in the country. Sure. Um, and Ellinger was able to throw the ball. He was able to find – they were able to find the way, find ways to put points on the board against a really good defense. 38 points against LSU is nothing to sneeze at. Um, it's just that, you know, obviously the, the the other side of the ball is kind of why we were talking about the defense is, you know, I hate to say they were the reason they lost the game, but it was the reason they lost the game. And yeah. the offense was fine. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, aside from that drop in the first quarter uh, – was the first quarter from Keontae Ingram? Um, yeah. That wide open drop. So, like, aside yes. from that, like, the offense was nearly flawless. Like, I, especially when you when you consider who they were playing. Sure. Um, you know, Devin Duvernay was spectacular. 
Uh, Brendan Eagles, man, it looks like he's gonna have a breakout year. Like yeah. this, this is the Brendan Eagles year, man. Yeah, and like I don't know, like we didn't talk much about them just because we <laughs> there was nothing really to talk about other than how good they looked. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, anyway, running back through the rankings, we got number 12, UTEP, number 11, UTSA, number 10, Texas State, number 9, Rice, number 8, UNT, number 7, Houston, number 6, TCU, number 5, Texas Tech, number 4, Texas A&M, number 3, SMU, number 2, Baylor, and the number 1, Texas Longhorns. Uh, I will say there there seems to be a... When you look at that bottom group, you know, mm-hmm. last year we really had like a true bottom four, right? You know, and right, yep. And and looking at at that group, I mean, I don't necessarily know that any of those four are going to break out of that group necessarily this year, but but they're going to be moving around. It looks like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the other thing too is that, and I mean, look, I've tried to speak Utah being good into existence for basically my entire tenure here, and it has not worked at all. <laughs> uh, but there's only one team that I really think is terrible in this state right now. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, UTSA, I don't think is terrible. I mean, they played a really good team this week. Texas mm-hmm. State proved that they are not terrible. I mean, we yep. know that they're not terrible. Rice does not look terrible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because last year at one point, I mean, all of those teams were ranked bottom 10 in S&P Plus, you know, right. and – while it'll take some time, I think, for them to actually move up the rankings uh, just because of the way the rankings work, um, you know, I think by the end of the year, these teams are all going to be fairly solid teams in their conference, I, I believe. Sure. And, and I mean, you know, Texas State has a decent schedule and could make a bowl game. I mean, mm-hmm. Rice, Rice has a nightmare schedule and will win probably one game or two games but they'll be big games i mean and, yeah. and they they will be the best two-win team in the country right. uh and utsa i mean they they look like they can steal some games from some people when frank harris is going so um you know i i think that just looking at where we are right now with these bottom four teams versus where we were this time last year. I mean, I think they're just so much further along, which, you know, for most of those programs, uh, I think that UTEP and Rice were in year one of a new coach and and obviously Mm -hmm. Texas State this year is in year one of a new coach. So, you know, there'll, there'll be some, uh, there'll be some growing pains, but you expect to see growth from all these programs. And I think that uh, so far, I think we've seen it. Sure. I agree. Anyway, thank you so much to everybody who tuned in. Uh, As always, you can, find us <laughs> man i am getting a little ahead of myself i'm sorry i am i was up until 4 a.m last night anyway i was about to say it's been a late night for you <laughs> eh, yeah i'm i'm excited to to stay in town and watch uh, smu tech state next week which hopefully will be a fun 230 kick uh, has it has it been announced as yet i don't even know if it has i don't know for certain let me see yeah let me well, let me take a look anyway you can find all of our work at texasfootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTF. If you haven't as yet, make sure and subscribe to our magazine, texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Also, uh, keep an eye out. Next couple of months, we're going to be bringing forward the basketball magazine. We've got a we've got a little secret mission this week, so uh, so we're excited to to show it to everybody in the coming you know couple of months. Um, it should be a lot of fun. And uh, let's see, that Texas State game is a 6 p.m. kick. Uh, okay. But 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 it's in it's in University Park. So that's that's yeah. easy enough for me. So <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks again to everybody for joining us. Thanks to our sponsor, North Texas Honda Dealers. I'll be taking my uh, my car that I bought from North Texas Honda Dealers 
all the way back to Dallas today. Um, so uh, wish me luck, and we'll talk to you guys again next week.